area. They changed, I use a software to do these and to stream these live. Um, and they changed how it goes. And then what I do is I just download it and I upload it into um, there. I, it just says I'm live. I upload it onto the podcast and I upload it onto YouTube as well. And usually it's pretty good, but sometimes it's not pretty good. And that's where problems occur. So they just changed the whole like layout of it. So usually what I've been doing is posting sometime during the day that we're doing a a webinar tonight. And guess what? That I don't think is a feature anymore. It says I can go back and, and do the old, but I don't want to go back and do the old. So, you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, we have a bunch of topics to talk to you tonight. Um, and I'm not saying usually I'll see people as they're coming in um, and, and getting on here. Um, but I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing where, where it says about people. Um, We'll see how tonight goes. If we want to go back to the good old days, because I see that there's there's a few you watch it already. Afternoon, good Michelle. So if you guys want to just say hey and where you're from, that would be fantastic because then I'll know that people are actually on here, and then that makes my day, my evening. Uh, who am I? I am. If you don't know me by now, guys, it's Victoria Warfel with Dream Dogs, and uh, and this is my time to talk. <laughs> um, you know how many times I wanted to get on this past week and just do a little rant section, and I didn't because I was good. So I'm a dog trainer. I'm a service professional dog trainer. This is what we do. I don't have another job. This is what my husband does. Our son's in school, and he's he helps us out. We have a couple other trainers that we work. Um, we network with trainers across the country um, and across the world too. Uh, so, you know, this is our profession. I'm not one of those, like, I'm a dog trainer, but I'm, I'm really not. I also do whatever, like, this is it. Um, I'm also a service dog owner trainer, professional trainer, I guess. Um, I'm a service dog trainer and user. There we go. Um, I'm on, gosh, I don't even want to count how many. I had Boo, Jedi for a very short, Gypsy for very, or Zoe for very short, Rue as a backup, um, Arrow, Roma technically, uh, Gypsy, Candy, Django, a lot of service dogs. Um, I've helped many owner trainers train their service dogs. Uh, and, and it's what I do, but I don't, well, it might seem like I know everything. I don't know everything. Just know a lot of things and how it relates. Um, but that's 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 me. So you can check us out at dreamk9.com. That's a letter K, the number nine. Or um, we also just formed our nonprofit. It's a 501c3 nonprofit called Hope Service Dogs. And we're in the process of rolling that out. So yay. So let's see. We got people signing in from uh, Georgia, Nova Scotia, up in Canada. Uh, Nova Scotia. So there is a Harry Chapin family festival. So Harry Chapin died in the 70s or 80s. Um, my mom loved him. So that's what we grew up on car trips is we'd sing Harry, uh, especially whenever it was her turn to drive so my dad could sleep. So I'd ride shotgun with her as the oldest. And uh, and we put Harry in and we'd sing. And then around the house, we'd sing into our hairbrushes. And Harry was always a big one. So Nova Scotia has a um, the Harry Chapin family thing in August every year. And I got my passport this year. I'm trying to talk my mom into getting her passport because I would love to take her up there for that. It's just a one night thing. It's just small, but just for Harry songs. And then there's also a festival in California, but it's like a hippie festival and there's like no showers. So we'll do that and probably rent an RV at some point, but I'd love to do that with my mom. So that's my goal. Maybe next year, hopefully we can do one of those, but yay for Nova Scotia. That's 
that's what it was about. And who's Harry Chapin? If you don't know, you know that song, Cats in the Cradle? That's Harry. So he was a balladeer. Uh, okay, so Nova Scotia, um, St. Pete, uh, North Fort Myers, Florida, um, Superior, Wisconsin, uh, Larissa, and then Claire's up in jo- uh, Georgia, I believe, Georgia or Alabama, uh, West Virginia, Nicole's up in Illinois. So yay, so we have fakers or badly trained service dogs. I have a couple different Facebook groups. Um, and one of them is our professional woman's dog trainer group. And there was a topic brought up that I wanted to bring up on here. And I'm like, you guys as input on it too. Uh, is, is there a fake epidemic of service dogs? Epidemic, not epidemic, whatever of service dogs. And my thought is, I don't know how much, yes, there are fakers. Cause you get the people who are like, She's not really a Star Wars song. I just bring her everywhere with me. And you just want to punch him in the throat, but you don't because, you know, society and manners. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of service dogs from Georgia, Claire is not from Alabama. I know it was one of those too. It's North. You're North, Claire. Um, I, I think there's a lot of them who are just ill-trained. And I think one of the reasons for this is because uh, there, there's no requirements to, to train up a service dog. Just the dog has to be task trained to mitigate the disability. So what happens sometimes is, well, like he makes me happy, therefore it mitigates the disability, right? And he's terrible out in public. That's not, that's not what it is. You know, you need to have, uh, you need to have that task training. If you take him out in public, you need to, um, he, he needs to be good. Like he can't be uh, a pain in the butt. So we had inquiry this this week. Um, I was just talking. Deb and I were just talking on the phone before this. And I'm like, oh, it's 5:30. Let's let's just talk online. Um, so Deb, I just texted you the link again if you want to join me here. Um, it came into Hope Service Dogs, and it was my two-year-old dog's a rescue. Which, what does he rescue? Um, love that song and Harry, right? Um, who the two-year-old rescue dog poops and pees in stores and is leash aggressive and goes after other dogs. It's not a service dog. Like, I don't care what you think the dog does for you. That behavior, it's not just the pee and poo, because, like, you work on it, right? Maybe he has a stomach issue, but still, if a dog's pooping and peeing, do not take him out in public. And if the dog is aggressive to dogs and or people, don't take him out in public. Like, this shouldn't be things that you don't understand. But it is. Uh, and, and like I said, that, that's one of the things that, that we got in. And I'm like, well, no, first work with a professional trainer. You're reaching out to a nonprofit. This is not what the nonprofit does, um, is help you with a dog who is clearly like, whoa, what the nonprofit does in this case is tell you that is not a service dog. Uh, you know, but you have people who are like, but, but she helps me. And so I'm going to take her out with me. I had another one recently who the dog is super aggressive and, you know, what to do. And I'm like, well, it's either the pet training, right? It's either boot camp or it's private training. And uh, well, I, I couldn't send her away from boot camp because I'd miss her too much. And I'm like, well, she needs, like, this is one of the reasons your dog's having the issues. So hopefully we'll hear back because we need, like something needs to be done. Um, one of my friends was just in an ADA meeting and she was like, they're not going to be doing any anything. So I think where it has to start is letting stores know uh, there, because stores have rights too. It's not just the person with the disability who has the rights because it's not the dog. It's the person with the disability who has the rights. And, and I get people who, who will say regarding this, 
well, you know, like I don't need any sort any special ID to have a wheelchair. No, like you could buy a wheelchair on Amazon because that's where I got my push wheelchair to train up the dogs a number of years ago. And now I use it for myself. Like you can buy a wheelchair without a doctor's prescription. You could buy a walker. You could buy a cane without a doctor's prescription. Like you can buy pretty much anything without a doctor's prescription. You can use it out in public. Um, the disability placard that you get for the car that you can park places, you have your doctor fill out a form, you take it to the DMV and it's free and they give you the placard. I don't know how much the license is because I just have the thing that hangs on the rear view and it's good for like four years through the DMV, you know, but you have to have the stuff ahead of time, you know, and it's just the doctor saying, yeah, like they can't walk long distances or whatever. So if, if there's not going to be something there, then we need to start policing our own. And that's, and we need to enforce. So how do you police your own? I'm not telling you to go call fakers out and record fakers and be like, it's a faker. It's a faker. Um, I, Melissa says, I think you see a high proportion of fakes in places like airplanes where they need to pay if they didn't fake it. As far as in public seeing dogs, I'd say it's either service dogs and training or poorly trained dogs. Yeah. Um, so so we, what, what to do? You have to let the business know what the business's rights are. That if the dog, oh, we got a North Carolina one out here too. Um, if the dog is doing things that they shouldn't be doing, you know, like let the store know what can be done. Carry around a copy of the ADA, pull it up on your phone and show them these are your rights as a store. You don't have to have this dog who's marking and peeing and pooping everywhere, who's going after client, who's going after customers. You can't ask them to leave. It's perfectly legal to ask them to leave. Um, that doesn't mean like your dog looked at me funny. Like he's not, or your dog distracted my dog because your dog's standing there. And like, that's just, you no. Know. Um, so you, you need to, to let them know, especially um, the smaller businesses, you know, because I've seen it here. We were up. There is a fantastic up in Oxford, which is um, 20 minutes, a half hour from here. There's a fantastic secondhand furniture place. And we got a bunch of furniture around last year at this time. Uh, and we've stopped by a couple of times since then. Well, once we were there and we brought two service dogs with us, we brought Chance and we brought Gypsy and Rich and I were working them through the store, which was great. Right. Um, and there was a woman there who had a little white fluffy dog, a little yip yip dog. Uh, as Karen would say, and and had this dog there. And she's like, oh, wh where did you get your vest at? Because I need to order a vest for my dog. I'm like, oh, you know, is she a service dog? No, I just bring her with me everywhere. That's not what it's for. So what we need to do with service dog handlers is, you know, oh, so you're faking having a disability just so you can bring your dog out with you? That's super fun, you know, but, but let the stores know so the laws that are on the books can be upheld and that we keep our dogs to a higher standard. They can't ask you to move the dog, but they need to let the person back in. That is it exactly as well is you have to say you can remove the dog, but you're welcome back in without us. You know, so you're faking having a disability just so you can bring your dog out with you? That's super fun. So the laws that are on the books can be upheld. And that we keep our dogs to a There high. we go. But if I mute you, eh, we'll see if this works. Um, so, Deb, I just had you come in. Let's see how this goes. Okay, so I'm trying to get Deb on to this, um, and I see her, and you guys might see her, but the sound is a little bit 
delayed versus what I'm saying. So like, that's why you're hearing that in the background. Um, and I don't know what to do to stop that. Just saying the same thing over and over. Let me pull her off and see if we can get her back. Okay. Push source to the stream. I told you it's new guys. We tried to do it the other day and it wouldn't let us. And now let's see how this goes. Anything there? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. And I don't hear myself in the background. How about that? Well, I think because I had two windows open. So. Ah. Good. Yes. They, um, Karen can see and Michelle can see you as well. So good. So this is Deb. Um, this is Loki's owner, and she is very businessy minded, which I love. Uh, and she is on Hope Service Dogs. She's on the board of Hope. Uh, and one of the things that we were just on the phone for over an hour, I didn't realize it was that long, uh, before this and talking about the pause bill. So that's why we wanted to have uh, Deb on a couple of weeks ago is to talk about the pause bill um, that's coming up and what it is. Um, so Claire says she saw a little dog in a person's grocery cart. And she saw me stared and quickly put a vest on. I said she was a service dog. I told her dogs weren't allowed in the baby seat part. And she burned a hole into me and said that they were. Made me so mad. They're not just allowed in the baby seat part. They're not allowed in the cart, period. Now, people do it at pet stores so the dog doesn't touch the ground. I'm like, you don't think other dogs were sneezing on that cart? Um, so gross. But, um, but yeah, that's and, and again, the stores need to know this because you're seeing it and you're like, this is gross and like, and that's just going to give service dogs a bad name. So Deb, tell us about the pause thing, the pause bill. So the pause bill, um, first of all, I, I didn't realize um, that it's, they've been trying to pass since, pass this since 2017 and it keeps getting killed and brought back and revised and brought back and revised. It was just killed in September again. Um, and it was brought up, it was reintroduced by uh, a local congressman here. I'm up by Jacksonville, Florida. Um, John yeah, Russell. Yeah. <laughs> and and it really benefited um, Canine for Warriors, whom I love them. I think they're great. Um, but Rory Diamond is very successful. He's really taken that as more of a, a local uh, charity, if you will, benefiting veterans, PTSD. Uh, was created by one woman. Her son was actually um, a contractor with the government, not actually in the military, but he was contracted with the military, was in Iraq for two years and came back with PTSD. And he was actually a dog trainer for the military. Wow. And uh, K-9 for Warriors came to be, and he's taken it and it's just like, it's huge. It's everywhere. They just struck a deal with Petco. They're building a new facility in San Antonio. Hold, so, hold on, hold on. They struck a deal with Petco. We're going to come back to that one. I'm going to write it down. Okay. A little, put that little tidbit aside because it's important. Um, right? Everyone. What does um, pause stand for? Uh, they keep changing the name. Puppies. Let me see. Assisting Wounded Servicemen? Let's see. Hold on. It is. She's multitasking. She'll look it up for you. I am. I, have, I can send that. I can put this link up there. So the pause act. It was puppies assisted wounded service members, and then they added therapy. <laughs> so it's pos, it's pos. There we go. 
Pot um, Puppies Assisted Wounded Service Members Pod. I will set the, I will put the link in the. Um, okay. Anyway, so that's um, so they changed it. Um, before it specifically in the old bill, I can put up the old bill on the new bill. Um, it might take me a minute. Um, the old bill specifically listed canine for warriors. And the whole point of this is that it would be the VA would basically strike a check for $25,000. Now it's $27,000 to a dog trainer, to a dog training group. Wait, where are dog trainers and dog training groups? How about that? Um, to train a dog for a serviceman for PTSD. And before it had mobility in it, in the original, original bill, it was mobility. So they merged these two bills. They took out mobility and it's just PTSD with any other like uh, uh, psychiatric issue. Um, like I forget what they call the other one, but it's focused on that. So, now, this one is a merger, and it has bipartisan support. Congress just came back in session today, and it's, it's 20, 28 Democrats and Republicans. Um, and the one Ohio uh, senator says he will get this pushed through by November. I don't know. I don't know that it would get pushed through, but I think we all have to be asking questions because, and I'll just use these quick examples, because it's for servicemen members. So how does that affect you? How does it affect me? Well, it doesn't right now, but it could. And that's a problem because even within this bill, if I'm a veteran and I have, I work for the Navy, I was a GS 13. So I've been around the military forever um, and many, many friends. So I have a friend that's active duty. He lost a foot in a motorcycle accident, not in Afghanistan or anything. He lost it in a motorcycle accident. Does he not qualify for a service dog? And then have PTSD, but he has issues. He's at Walter Reed, but he doesn't get a service dog. Or what about my friend that's a Delta guy, um, special forces? Um, he doesn't have PTSD. He got hurt, which is surprising. I think he does have PTSD, but whatever. So what if they just get hurt and they don't have PTSD? What happens? You know, and then who is this group that is going to approve these legitimate dog trainers or dog training groups? Does this come back to the Petco grants? Yes. So it all goes back to Canine for Warriors. And then Rory Diamond is a group of six organizations. And they are, quote, the ones that are qualified to approve these trainers and not. So there's this group. And then Petco might ultimately be the ones who will approve service dogs. Now, will they only approve service dogs for veterans? Are they going to do that for us civilians? And well, that's kind that, of scary. Give that type of responsibility to a pet code trainer. Now, I don't want to knock pet code trainers, but really, like, you were probably a cashier oh, the week before, and they're like, here, take this online video series to watch. Now you're a trainer. They don't have the experience. They don't have the knowledge. And if they did have the experience and the knowledge, they wouldn't be working at Petco. Like, you know, because I get people often who are like, well, my trainer at Petco, my trainer at PetSmart, you know, they train service dogs. If they train, they do it on their own. They can't train service dogs through Petco and PetSmart because they don't offer that. They can't use certain tools because they don't. Um, yeah, Anjanette just says, well, how do they vet them, et cetera. And that's it exactly, Anjanette, is well, they're in there building a brand new 4,000 square foot, 40,000 square foot, some huge training center. Uh, 
they get to do that now. Good old boys club and we're girls. Yeah, it's a $4 million, they, they don't, it's a $4 million grant. I like because, and what they're doing, I totally use that. <laughs> it's a, I'll take a $100,000 grant. Um, right, but gotcha. it's the whole point of saving two lives. And if you look at their numbers, not even half the rescue dogs make it to service dogs. And this is for PTSD. And you can jump in, Victoria, because I know from you that training for PTSD is one of the easiest things to train. It so. honest to God is. That's why I like doing it is it's easy. So Deb and I were talking about this earlier too. Um, a lot of these organizations who have focused on like, I'm going to do mobility dogs, right? They'll branch out to the PTSD because it's easier. And for PTSD, you can get a dog working eight months old, 10 months old, a year old. Whereas with mobility, you have to wait until the dog's two years old, fully health tested. You know, you have to do all that stuff. The dog joints have to close before you can do any weight bearing exercises and weight bearing tasks and training with the dog. So they have to keep the dog a lot longer. And I've seen with different groups, um, different programs, different organizations, if the dog fails as a mobility dog, well, let's make them a PTSD dog. But here's the problem with a lot of the programs is first, they'll take all the puppies um, and they'll train them up. Well, there's going to be outliers on it. So right away, you're going to have some that aren't going to make it, which is fine. Um, and then they handicap you on what tools you can use. And I've, I've said about this before, I had a friend who went over to a well-known service dog college in California. So you can do your research and, and probably find the right one. And they had to get the dog to down with a food lure, which means the food, you know, and they couldn't capture the behavior, wait for the dog to down and click and treat them. They couldn't lure the dog underneath something. They just had to lure him down. Um, they couldn't put any leash pressure on the dog. They had to use the food lure or the dog failed. They had to use a harness, an, an easy walk harness, which you don't want to do, period. I'm open to all tools. I use all tools. I do not use an easy walk harness, which is one that has the strap right here because it hits a nerve that it's not supposed to be hitting and it inhibits their gait. So they're not going to be able to take the full strides and they're going to have these little weird choppy steps and they're not going to grow and develop right. And when I put a harness on a dog in the future, for whatever reason, I want that harness to work right. Uh, so, so there's a lot of programs that do it wrong with good intentions because this one as well, didn't it have on there that you can't use prong collars and the evil shot collars? Right, exactly. And there's, there's just a lot of things like that. Like, again, who is this group? And there's a group of six trainers and I was trying to put this up and I, it didn't work, but um, you know, why do they get to determine what are their backgrounds and who gets to say what works and what doesn't work? And then, yeah. You know, and you have, and what's to say other groups like New Horizons, CCI, I mean, are they qualified? Are they cut out of the picture? I mean, they're training all kinds of people and dogs and whatnot. So, you know, who's, who, it's just, it's really a good old boys situation. Um, you know, and I'll try to, I'll give the links and, and, and Victoria can put them up because I'm not sure how to work this over here, but. Um, what you got to do is um, put it in the comments. If you want to is have it in a separate window and put it in the comments. And I don't know what screen you're seeing, but if, if there's something that says like type something and send, you can put it in there too. That's what I see on mine. Yeah, I don't see that. Okay. I see a box, but it didn't. I, that's what I was trying to do, but I'll, uh, I'll keep trying. When you talk, I'll, I'll go back to trying. So okay. um, I'm going to put the bill up and the one letter because when it was initially uh, killed again, Canine Warrior sent out a letter asking people to write their congressmen, their senators, 
gave him a script, everything. It was really brilliantly done. Um, but you know, it didn't survive and it got re revamped, redone, but it's so the new bill does not name canine foyers. It just says service dog groups, you know, that there are groups out there who can provide the training, you know, and that they'll be fully vetted. Well, by whom, you know, who gets to do this? Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just, I think there's so many issues. I think it's, it's right. I think they think they're tremendously beneficial to veterans. I think it's the right thing to do. I just think there are a lot of problems with the bill. So if I can get this organized, I think that I would encourage everybody to still write, you know, using their template canine fours, but a little bit differently. You know, there's other issues okay. that need to be addressed. Yeah. Issues, but you know, the bigger issues. Yeah. Yeah. So Anjanette, yeah, you named them right, right there. And then she says so that makes her qualified because she's bred and raised service dogs. That's, you know, um, Stacy couldn't hear. Now she can hear. So Stacy, hi, I'm glad that you're here. We're talking about the pause bill and uh, what's going on with that. And then Claire just said, who decides what kind of equipment can be used for testing? So this is where it gets all fun and murky. It's going to be whoever decides it. Now, why do I use prong collars? Why do I use e-collars? Because I have shoulder issues. It turns out I have the airless danless syndrome and I have wonky joints. So whenever my shoulder was bad for a year, like it was probably because of the airless danless and we didn't know because that was a few years ago. And my shoulder was bad for a whole year. So I can't put a dog on a martingale and chance him pulling. You know, Doug, you can't chance Loki pulling you. And and there's still dogs. He's still a year and a half. How old is he now? How old yeah. is Loki? Yeah, right. Right. So yeah, so like he he's still young. He's still a pop. Like he might see a squirrel and be like, "I'm a boy squirrel." And and if you're like, "Well, wheelchairs don't make mistakes," ha ha ha. Yes, they do. I have a friend who got an electric wheelchair in as she's driving it. It stops halfway across the street, and there's cars coming, and it wouldn't go. So wait a minute, like wheelchairs make mistakes too. <laughs> you know, so like it can happen. So I like my prong collars. I like my e-collars. As the dog gets it, you should be able to walk the dog naked anywhere. But you have that leash on just, you know, like to show. So Arrow, he was at that point. Gypsy's almost to that point. Uh, you know, and if I would do more with her, but we're hoping she has puppies. So like she kind of gets a little vacay now. Uh, you know, Candy's doing very well. But there's still things like, mm -mm, no, they need, you know, we. I want to use the tools. Like, I want to use them. So, Claire, it's whoever is going to end up making the law gets to decide the tools. And I can see not wanting to jerk the dog, you know, but that's a nice thing with the e-collar is it's just a little tap tap. <laughs> yeah, uh, and well, so many groups out there. And, and why, you know, one of the requirements is that you have to have a mental health uh, counselor on staff. You have to have a place for the veterans to, to be able to spend training, to spend the night and all that stuff. So what happens to even like the other bigger groups like ECAD and they don't, you stay somewhere in New York, um, Connecticut, wherever they are. Um, you don't stay there on property, you know, I mean, it was it very clearly geared for certain groups. And so, and why couldn't other, some of you on here are trainers. Why couldn't you train? veterans, you know, for PTSD, just because you don't have a facility uh, that you can have people spend the night. Um, I mean, it just, 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 there's a lot of different things here that I think have to be addressed. And I think that um, everybody has to step up and share a voice because 
what will happen is if Petco's involved and they're approving veterans, where does it stop? When does yeah. it creep over? And, you know, Victoria, you just said the one person that was on your women's group, you know, the ADA is meeting and they have no intention of changing anything, which is, I guess, good. Um, but what if? What if? Yeah. And yeah. I would have to stay ahead of the curve and not be caught blind, kind of like, well, where did this come from? You know, and I think yeah. as everybody talks and as the conversations continue, um, the problem really is not so much service dogs. It maybe it is the poorly trained potential service dog, as Victoria was saying, or emotional support animals. I mean, they're pets. They're pets. So, yeah, that's the other thing. So I have a whole list here. That's what I'm like crossing off and adding to as we're talking. Um, so emotional support dogs currently, you need a letter from your healthcare, mental health care provider saying that they think you would benefit from having an emotional support animal because it doesn't have to be dogs for emotional support. You can have emotional support like whatever. I have emotional support goats out in my yard. But, um, you know, so, so it can be that. And there's two benefits to having an emotional support animal. You can live in non-pet friendly housing and you can fly with them. And that's it. And the problem with that is if you're living in non-pet friendly housing and you're the only dog there, there's no minimum training standards. You're taking a dog who has no training in a metal tube in the sky with other people and you're expecting him to behave like that's not doable. Like that is scary because all you need to do is say, yep, that's my emotional support dog. They don't need to have even their canine good citizen, um, which is an AKC test, the CGC, if you've heard me refer to that, they don't need anything. And not that they don't do good, but if you can benefit from an ESA, train them up to be a service dog or, or have a minimum training standard for an ESA. Um, you know, I know I have a, a trainer friend who has an ESA. I have a couple of them who have ESAs. But because they're trainers, their dogs are, are immaculately well-trained. And that's what I want is, is these dogs to be so flipping well-trained that you can't tell the difference between that and a service dog. Um, I had somebody say, well, I don't need him 24-7, so he's not a, a service dog. He's an ESA. Well, service dogs aren't needed 24-7 for some people. Sometimes it's I need it during a flare. Sometimes I need it at night. Um, diabetic alert dogs, one of my biggest examples for this is you can have the daytime alert dog and the nighttime alert dog. So during the daytime, the nighttime alert dog is at home sleeping because he doesn't need to be out during the day. He needs to rest so he can be awake and coherent at night to wake you up if needed. So having a dog uh, not with you all the time doesn't make your dog not a service dog, doesn't make you need a service dog. It means that, you know, like he gets some time off and there's no problem with taking some time off. Um. That is, I think, a big one. But right now, they do allow them. Well, there are also problems with, here, I'm, Deb sent me two links. I'm sticking them up here. Um, Stacey said she used to work in the federal government enforcement, and the law, these laws and registries concern me. Um, Karen said medical equipment fails more often than a well-trained service dog will, especially medical alert cases. For example, um, and we've talked this before too, the NEMA tester for gluten and um, the Dexcom glucose detector, the manufacturer agrees that service dogs are complementary to the technology to fill in those gaps. So, you know, like we need, um, you still need to have them even with, with having that medical equipment, you know? Um, and one of the things too, Deb, um, you were saying about having a mental health professional. So Karen is a 
registered in zoo. And she's going to look into getting uh, mental health um, certifications under her belt as well. And if she can get the mental health certifications, then she can be our mental health person. We were talking about that. So I ruined her surprise, but it's a good surprise. And that makes me really happy. Um, Michelle says all dogs should have a form of training. And Claire says you can fly with them. I had a dog that went for service dog training for veterans, but he got washed up. But he did become a true ESA for a veteran who needed the deep pressure therapy and would wake him for nightmares. So Claire, is if he has tasks, he's a service dog, right? Um, and there's a video, and you guys might have seen it at um, – a Tulsa Drillers game. I just uploaded it to our online course because I love, love, truly love this video. And it's this woman who's trying to get her dog in to the baseball game and they're telling her no. And the guy there really knows and he asks her the two questions and she says, yes, he's a service dog. What's his task? He provides emotional support for me. And he's like, that's not a task. These are some examples of tasks. Well, he does those. Well, what does he do? Like some, some would be like he interrupts in the anxiety. He provides comfort for deep, or he provides deep pressure therapy. He provides emotional support. And I'm, I'm listening to it again and I'm like, oh, honey, like he is giving it to you on a silver platter. And she's just totally, and, and the one I found, because trying to find it on YouTube um, to, to copy that post over, I uh, copy that video over without having to like download it and upload it. You know, she's just so flipping clueless about it. It's hysterical. Um, but the woman's like, you know, how dare he ask her all these questions? And I'm like, he was asking two questions and he gave her so many chances to get it right. But there's that heart versus the head with a lot of it. Um, yeah, they called him an ESA. Nice to know he did great. And I was very proud he got chosen. But yeah, I mean, service, not all service dogs are public access too. So maybe he can't handle being out in public, but he can still help out at home. I call that an in-home service dog. And one of the reasons I try not to train only in-home service dogs, I want them to have the public access as well, is for one, what if this guy travels? Wake him up for nightmares. You want that dog to be able to travel and be at the hotel with you. So he needs to be good in public. Or, you know, like... I have Deb on here. So like Deb, Loki can be your in-home service dog. And you're going to at some point say, I'm having a really bad day and I need to go out in public and I need to take him with me. So he needs to be trained for that. So I won't do just in home. I mean, if the dog does better in home, that's fine. That's not a problem. We discuss it, but it's just entirely too tempting to want to take your in-home service dog out in public. Um, and maybe your dog's just not going to do good at Disney, or maybe your dog's not going to do good in like, some situation, you know, you have to know your limitations, but we know that some people just ignore all that. <laughs> uh, Michelle says she loves that video. I think that's one of the best videos. Um, I also wanted, um, yeah, that's why he was only an ESA. Yeah. So like I said, I would call that an in-home service dog um, and see because or ESD, she's calling emotional support dog instead of ESA, which is emotional support animal. It's the same thing. Um, you know, one of the things we need to get clear is our terminology. So an assistance animal is any dog who provides assistance. It's service dogs, it's emotional support dogs, it's canines who work with the cops, it's military dogs who sniff out bombs. It's it's any dog like that. That is an assistance animal. And it took me a while to figure this out. Um, but a service dog is individually tasked, trained to mitigate an owner's disability. A therapy dog, which is also an assistance animal, brings love to people who don't have it. So I get calls all the time. I want a comfort service dog. Like, I don't know what that is. Or I want my dog to be a therapy dog because I have whatever. And I'm like, mm, this is what you're talking about. So I think one of the first things we need to do is get the, the common 
language, because without that common language, you don't know what you're referring to. And I think the other thing is to en enable those laws that are on the K on the books already and show, show your dog is amazing dog. Some service dogs have been trained for bite worker protection and the ADA was called and stated the service dog is not covered if you have a situation in public access. So you take the risk and understand the stand of the ADA. Um, and Michelle says, my chihuahua failed in public, so I keep him as an in-hand service dog um, unless you're overseas. And then they call them assistance dogs. And see, Michelle, that's where part of the problem is, too. But then again, you know what? Like, I call them cookies and UK calls them biscuits. You know, so so you have that. Um, so regarding the bite worker protection. So pr bite work protection training is not a task. So you can't say, and I, it was so funny. I had a woman, we were at Michael's, and I had Arrow with me years ago. And she's like, oh, that woman must be very important. She has some, her protection dog with her. But I thought it was hysterical that, yeah, you don't know who I am, but I'm super important. And I kind of got the same thing with Candy um, in North Carolina. I had so many people, they're very protective. I'm like, dude, she would lick you to death. You know, like she's not, she doesn't have a protective bone in her body. Uh, but... I depends on what you do, bite work and protection training as well, but that does not, that is not a task. So you'll also hear like protect uh, someone who has a seizure. Well, that doesn't mean get away from her. It means like protect them from hurting themselves. Okay. And this is too where it's the language, it's the syntax. We need to know what it is that we're talking about. And yeah, if you have a dog who has um, bite work or protection training, if you have a situation in public, the service dog is not covered. Well, the service dog isn't covered anywhere. Like you can't go and say my service dog was being good and a dog attacked. And so I'm going to sue any, you know, I mean, I can sue like you if your dog attacks me, but like they're not covered under an ADA type of thing. So I think your wording on their case is a little bit funny. Um, but yeah, you do. And, and most people who do bite worker protection training, I did bite work with um, Rue. I did it with Arrow. It was on the bite sleeve or on an arm sleeve or on a leg sleeve. And it was all just in fun, which is how it should be. It was never look for a bad guy because I take him to Disney. He doesn't need to see Winnie the Pooh walking across the corner and say, bite suit. Let's go get him. Right. Got the same thing with my Rottweiler. Yep. So, uh, <coughs> Deb, what? Yes. Talk about ID cards. Oh my gosh. Okay. So if, if you don't follow Hope Service Dogs on Instagram, follow Hope Service Dogs on Instagram. And Deb is the one who usually posts. So um or otherwise, and you can you can yell at me or whatever and say it's stupid, but boy, I opened a can of worms. I saw that um Victoria had posted uh, an ID card on Dream Dogs somewhere. Um, I actually posted it in our private group. In that private group. So I go like, oh, okay. And so I, I don't really look at it that closely. My bad. Because um, I thought, well, Vicky did it. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> so that's my bad. But I thought, well, that's cool. And so, you know, I wanted to start a conversation because there are so many people like, oh, fake dogs, fake this. But at the same time, there are people like myself. I have a mess among things. And I get tired. And you know what? There might, if I, I've never come across anybody, but if somebody was like being belligerent and said, well, do you have an ID? It would just be nice to go. Yeah, dude, here it is. Whatever. Whatever. Well, for that, you know, I, I've talked about how we were kicked out of the Mexican restaurant because we had a small dog with us. 
And I don't have the spoons to deal with it. I really don't. You get so many people coming up to you with questions, wanting to pet the dogs, that it is just not worth it. Right. So, <laughs> my dogs do have IDs. Yeah. So I posted this ID. It was very official looking. It was pretty cool looking, actually. But it said service dog. But then it also said emotional support. It's and the task. Yep. It's the task. And oh, my gosh, people went nuts. Went crazy Instagram more than Facebook. And what I'm figuring out is that Instagram, at least the way I, I did hashtag on it, attracted a lot of younger people. And I went and looked at every single person. I answered every single comment. And then and Vicky jumped in too um, because it was just crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know if they don't have a life or if they're just so adamant about it because they're like, no, it makes it harder for the rest of us. I'm like, I'm one of you. I'm trying to help you. Like as if you, if, and a couple of people said, you know, look, I was at SeaWorld. One person asked me, do you have an ID card? It was just easier to go here, you know, and that's fine. It's not like that dog is illegal. If it's task trained, it's a service dog. It's fine. You're not doing anything wrong, but there was a great debate. And so I guess it's open for debate. Is it worth having an ID card or do you just have the ADA? Because some people are like, well, you can just say, you know, this is the ADA. These are my rights and I'm allowed and, and you can sue them. I don't have the money or energy to sue somebody. You know, I just want to go to Disney World or whatever it is, you know, or go to Publix. You want to go to Harry Potter land. Yeah. And Publix is awesome. They would never do that. But you know what I mean? And so that was the topic of discussion. And it went woo, way all over the place and very, you know. Well, I, I love that the picture said service dog. And then for the task, it did say emotional support. And I'm still going to say that you did that for a reason is because like, if you're going to go, go all out. And we didn't say we love these. We She just asked like, well, actually, I pulled it up and I shared the link for it. <coughs> you were very good about it. And your comment was not required, but do you find it helpful? That's all. That's all she said. And you can read through. And some of the people were like, you know, oh, I totally thought you were trying to, to promote this. And you were, you know, what's this? You're supposed to be a real service dog organization. And yeah. You're promoting fake IDs. And nowhere did you put a link to the, to the person who had it. Um, you know? Or I didn't call him. I messaged the guy and he fixed it. He corrected yeah. me. He apologized. He goes, I was just trying to help because I have some friends and they said it was helpful. He goes, I'm not making, I'm charging $80. I'm not doing a whole fake service dog. He goes, I just thought some friends with service dogs that said it would be helpful. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, and yeah. he's like, I don't know. Yeah, no, and it, so then it's the whole, what's a fake ID? Well, it's a fake registry because there's no registration for the service dogs. But for fake IDs, you need to have a legitimate ID. Okay, and there's no legitimate ID, so therefore you can't have a fake ID unless the dog is not what you say it is. So, like, if I did a picture of my golden gypsy and I said she's a Doberman, well, then it would be is it wrong. And here's that fake service dog versus badly trained service dog. <coughs> so, um, she would just ask, why not create a certification tag for those dogs who you've trained? That would be a legit ID from a trainer. Um, tags from a trainer. That's what we're going to do is actually um, in the women's group, somebody had commented that they were with an organization and they had an annual certification day uh, with a skills test, an obedience test, a public access test, a written test, and you observe the dog and they get a laminated ID with organization info, a picture of the dog and handler, the ADA paragraph, and it expires in a year. So they have to come back. So she were, that's what we're going to do. Um, I just have to put it all together and plan it. Um, and then you would have the ID um, and here Larissa says those ID cards aren't that different from the business cards that people make for their service dogs to cut out questions. It's just laminating the person inquiring doesn't get to keep it, which is fine because they don't need to keep it. 
Um, Kristen says she got one for Erebos, and I like it in case he gets separated from me, if nothing else. So I want to on it, either Hope or Dream Dogs, depending on what we're doing. <coughs> but we need to have the checklist to get it. So we need to have, I do the three CGCs. I mean, the novice trick dog title, every service dog should have, because if they have the CGC, all it needs is five tasks and they're super simple. Um, public access test, you know, and, and show up to date on shots. Like, but we're going to put something together. I just need to find an organization who can do that. Cause I like, I like it looking like a credit card, like your driver's license. Like here's my driver's license. Like I want it like this. I don't want it just laminated. Cause I have a laminator machine. Like I can make them. I can do it with my ID. I think both pictures need to be on it. My picture and my dog's picture. I think an emergency contact needs to be on it. <clears throat> so let me write those down while I'm thinking about it. Um, pick of dog and handler and emergency contact. Um, so, you know, I want all this info on it um, and logo. Uh, but yeah, she was. So yeah, we are looking into those. Um, and then it would be something because one of the questions that we asked in the Instagram comments was, you know, well, what do you think of organizations who give it? Well, organizations who do it are great. Okay. Um, and then what you were saying too, and what um, uh, who was saying here, uh, Larissa was was just saying too. One of the people's like, you don't buy those. Instead, you go on and you make up your own ones, your own ID card with the stuff on the back, and you can give those to people. First, I don't want everybody having my address, my dog's name, my name, my emergency contact. Like that is not information anybody needs. Um, but we do recommend printing off the the business cards. So when people come up and they're like, oh, dog, you're like, here, don't touch my dog. Right. So like, I do like those. I do recommend those. Um, so they get an ID card to clip on the vest. Pretty much you can do that. Um, here, Nicole says she was talking to someone and mentioned her service dog is blocking, which is where the dog stands in front of you. So crowds can't get too tight. And the person asked what would happen if a person approached me. And I said, he might look at them and possibly get distracted and lick the person. And they were thinking he would protect me. That's hysterical. Um, but yeah, that's not, that's not how things go. And Anjanette says, I love this. I need to come out with y'all. Well, Anjanette, you get free flights. Get your butt down here at some point. Um, Kristen likes the idea. Shutterfly luggage tags. Oh, Anjanette, I have not looked into those. Let me write that down. Yeah, somebody in the whole big discussion was like, oh, I use Vistaprint. And then the people started sharing that they actually do use them. And they had their own way of doing it. You know, they just felt, I think, that this guy was ripping people off or he was propagating fake service dogs. Um, and they all kind of missed the point. But Yeah, and it was a huge point missed. And, and like I said, there's so many spoons, guys. I don't have the time to argue with people about it. And, and I, I've told this before as well, and I love this story, is I had Boo, my first service dog. We were at an event with dog training. You know, we were training, the, you know, teaching the class. And then afterwards, we're standing around talking. And there was a woman there. And this was in Gainesville, Florida. There's a woman there from, I think it was Ohio. And she's like, well, this is my husband's service dog. Here's his ID. Her husband was still up in Ohio. She was down here working um, and sending her dog on the dog show circuit down here because I think she had a boxer. And, like, boxers did better in, in the Florida circuit at the time. Like, the judges liked what they were doing. So she was like, you know, so... So it's his service dog, but I have his ID right here. And, and they're like, well, where's Boo's ID? My Siberian Husky. And I said, there's no ID. And they're like, well, your dog must be fake and her dog must be real because her dog has the ID. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me here. Um, and I also think maybe we could do, um, especially for the program, if we're going to do IDs, um, we can also do like a, a learner's permit ID. 
for the beginning dogs that expire in a year to give them a year of training. So like how you have the learner's permit, like the normal license is like this and the the learner's permit is tip 90 degrees. Uh, Like we could totally do that if we wanted to, or just wait and say like, you want it, you need to get it. Um, Would you provide one for those who go through your online courses? I need to see the dog, Michelle. So if you want to come down here and, and participate in our, what am I calling it? Annual certification day. Uh, you know, we can see if you want to send me video clips and everything else, but um, I don't want to be one of those mail order agencies who like certified brooms as service dogs. Um, Karen says most of the trick dog tasks are tasks we train for service work to mitigate a disability. So trick title is an easy way of verifying some tasks. And uh, Anjanette says she has some, some moves. Yeah. If you can send me pictures, I would love to see that in the morning is fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think we need to have something for, for our dogs to show that, you know, they are legit. And we're also, um, we're still talking best. Dev and I were doing that earlier for Hope. Yeah, um, best. Well, yeah, they are not legally required. That's the first thing that was said to me at the store. Um, and they completely denied her and her service dog access. They said that was the reason they weren't allowing me was because real service dog have IDs and paperwork and mine wouldn't be real without it. I was not allowed in. And even after I showed them the ADA FAQ website on my phone, they blew it off. You know, and I totally understand that, Nicole. And, and like I said, I was I was in your shoes when I was younger. And I was like, no, because you don't need this. And then it, it came and I'm like, look, I, I just, I don't have the spoons for it. I just, I can't deal with that right now. So if it makes my life easier to cost me 10 to 30 bucks, you know, because my, your dog is a legitimate service dog, Nicole. Like my dog's a legitimate service dog. Um, and something I'll say, and usually I don't even have to say here. Like, I don't remember the last time I actually showed an ID because I just got Gypsy and Candy's in. I don't have Django's yet. Arrow had one. And I had I had our Gainesville address on it. Um, I, you can put it on there. And here's a question Marina asked at the workshop in North Carolina. She says, you have your service dog, you have your bag, maybe, you know, you're sitting down, maybe your bag's tucked underneath or you don't have a bag on or whatever. And something happens to you. Do you really expect the medical personnel to come and go through your purse trying to find your ID and your emergency contacts, especially if it's readily apparent on your dog? That's where you need to have your information, your dog's information, a picture of the two of you so they know that it's your dog. And I didn't take Loki and take him out and say, he's my service dog. Look, I'm dead. Um, You know, and then you need to have the emergency contact so they can get in touch right away. Um, Because I used to. And and some of the things I've done is like, this isn't required for me to show you. But like I said, usually I don't even have to show, you know, because I just go in with the assumption that it's all good. Don't ask permission, ask forgiveness. That's the big thing that you shouldn't have to show. And you can say to somebody, if you ran into somebody, it's the idea that you don't have the spoons, you don't have the energy, that if you had to, you know, you could show something. Or as you said, if you, if I fell, it would be a disaster because all my bones would probably break. But, you know, that somebody would know what to do and I'm not able to do, you know, to tell somebody that would be helpful. And Nicole, I thought you were brilliant as you stood up for yourself. And I think that's you did really that I keep coming across is as I get to know the community more, um, we have to be our own advocates. I know with my healthcare, I have to be my own advocate and challenge doctors and question things and say, I want this or I need to do this. Why can't I do that? I think that we have to be our own advocates and our dog's advocates and to to speak up for them, to speak up for ourselves and stand up for things. 
but it's nice to maybe have a little something in your back pocket if needed, you know, and I understand Nicole, I, I, it makes it harder, but at what point do you just kind of go, mm, I'm just going to do it. And I don't know. I mean, I know it makes some people mad, but you know, all I can tell people is just keep talking and keep, you know, trying to educate people, educate the businesses, be like the guy at the ball game. Um, cause my like brothers in Tulsa, I'm like, I want to go out there and find that guy. Um, <laughs> I want to go buy him dinner and take him out yeah, to Disney yeah, and yeah, a real service dog. And, um, you know, but keep doing that, you know, keep educating the businesses and, you know, I'm supposed to go to Panera to something and I will take Loki with me and we'll go in there and, you know, I know he'll be welcome because he's a service dog, but you know, I also had the general manager of Panera who was a friend. And he, the first time we went in there, he goes, I know I shouldn't, but, and then he reached down and petted him like, I, you know, yeah. what do you do? What do you do? So. so we pick up Gypsy from her boyfriend's house on Saturday and on the way back, cause they're up in Williston, which is up by Gainesville. And so we drove through Ocala. And so of course, Rich is with me. Rich and I drove up and he's like, let's stop at lunch. I'm like, where do you want to stop at? You know, look at Ocala. Well, of course they have a golden corral. So that's where he wants to stop at. So I'm like, okay. So after we pick up Gypsy, we stop you know, and put her vest on and she just, she underneath the table and like, I'd leave her with Rich while I went up, you know, just cause I'm like, you, you just had a week of fun with your boyfriend. Like you can just relax, but I'm hungry and you could do this. So some guy comes up to us and he tells how pretty she is. And she goes to pet and I says, no, she's working. And so he's telling us that he trains canines and, and, and one of them just bit and just, he just had such a good bite, but he was aggressive and like, he's going on and on and on about this. And I think it's so funny. And I said, well, yeah, I said, you know, our, our last Malinois, you know, we did, you know, whatever with, and he stops and he looks at me and he turns and he leaves. And I'm like, I know what I'm talking Like I had my dog trainer shirt on. I think I had this shirt on that says, yeah, Dream Dog's dog trainer on the back of it. So I don't know if he saw it or not, or just assumed that like, we didn't know. And we'd be all impressed that he trains the canines, but people are nuts. Uh, and people always try to pet, you know, and I'm thinking like, why would you think that coming up to me, you're not even the manager here. You know, but the whole, like, I know I'm not supposed to, so don't, just don't. But, you know, he's bending over petting, and I'm just like, I look at Rich, and he looks at me, and we do kind of the, seriously? Like, we're, we're sitting here, we're talking, we're enjoying ourselves, and this is what we got. Um, now, when I had Arrow, my first IACP conference was up outside of D.C. It was in Alexandria, Virginia. And where the hotel was, like, two blocks away was an Italian restaurant. So we had a group of us, and we were going to walk and go to this Italian restaurant. And he wanted to see an ID tag for Arrow, an ID card. And there is none. And I tried to explain that there is none. And he wouldn't let us in. And I'm like, again, I had no spins. It was the end of the day. I was mentally and physically exhausted. So we just went another block down and ate at a rest wonderful restaurant. And we and went there another time, too, because they were welcoming. So part of it is, like, if I would push it there, are they going to spit in my food and take that risk? You know, I don't, but what I recommend is doing just what Nicole did in that situation that she was in, which is get your phone out and start recording. Now, Florida, know your state. Florida is a two consent state. So you need both parties to record a conversation, both parties consent. So what I would do is start recording and say, I am recording this. I'm not asking. I'm saying I am recording this. Right. And by the way, you noticed on the uh, back, my cell phone wallet with the dream dogs on it. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're snazzy that way. Right. Um, and it's purple. It looks blue, but it's purple. Um, so, so, you know, say I am recording this. Why are you denying me access? And if they're like, well, you know, your service dog, you're denying me access. 
it might be the reason is because of my service dog, but get them saying it and then just blast it. <laughs> um, Kristen says about the certification day, I need to shift the trainer at all. Um, not that owner trainers are not successful, but to show that a dog has gone through specific training is kind of nice, like a certificate when you do extra classes. And Jeanette says, amen, and know the law. And Karen says, yes, absolutely. And Cheryl says, we need to speak up for ourselves and our dogs. Uh, Nicole says, many years ago, Mia and I were asked to leave a train. I was one stop from my destination in St. Louis with my friends on vacation, and a train employee made us leave the train because I didn't have an ID for Mia. That was the first year I had a service dog with me. Yeah. Michelle says, seven words I hate hearing. I know I'm not supposed to, but... <laughs> uh, so, you know, we've all... in you know, people are going to be stupid. And like the guy, the drillers guy, you know, she's like, I have an ID here. And he's like, yeah, IDs are faked. Like that's an online, like he knew it. And the airlines know it. And the airlines, a lot of them say, you know, you can't have an ID. We're not going to listen to if you have an ID, you know? And she even said like, it's through the, cause I just listened to it today. Like, I don't know, some organization, but it, it was the online crap, you know? And I mean, technically, my dogs have an ID because I'm a member of IAADP, which is the International Association of Assistance Dog Partners, and they give you a card so you can get your benefits and stuff. It's not technically an ID, but you know, you can probably show it to people and be like, ha, 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 ha. And, uh, and it's something. Uh, you know, depending on how much you want to share, how, how verbal you want to be with people, you know, to have information on service dogs, on business cards to hand out, but you don't want to put your private information on there. Like I have them and I, I have all my dogs Instagram and I mean, it's my business guys. So like, I'm happy to give out cards. If well, you're doing them and you want to put dream dogs on it or hope on it, we would love you for it. <laughs> I think one of the things that people had a problem on Instagram, first of all, I think a lot of more young people. Um, that were just getting a first service dog or maybe they were trying to get a, I don't know, some of them were actual, if they were fakes or what. But I think a lot of, and some of them were legit trainers. So I looked everybody up um, and looked up and one's got beautiful goldens in Utah and talking to her and whatnot. Um, I think the thing is people were worried that, are you using this ID to justify public access? And that's not it at all, because if you have a service dog and you've done a public access test, I mean, you know how to, to walk into a place and all the things that you need. Again, I think it's just that backup. It's like having that, what if you're on a train like Nicole and somebody asks you? I mean, that that's awful that you were heading to St. Louis um, and we're kicked yeah, off. Yeah, St. Louis is not a place anyone should head to. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I love St. Louis. It's great. Well, I'm a St. Louis girl, so I have to say go cards. Um, sorry, Napoleon. So, um, but, and on that note of Instagram and stuff, if, if anybody wants to, um, follow me on Facebook or I'm not one of these people, I'm very, actually a very private person. Um, uh, if you want to send stuff to me or what you're doing with your dog or whatever, I would love to share it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. I mean, cause I'm always looking for stuff to do because I'm, pulling from everybody and anything. And I'm starting to make Instagrams of our own that we can use instead of using somebody else's um, to make sure that information's right. So anything that you guys may have, I mean, send it to Victoria. Um, you can have my email or whatever, or Facebook, whatever. I, whatever. I'm Yeah. Yeah. You guys can just message it here. We have a Dropbox, um, Deb and I, that we share. Yeah. So one of Hub's missions, we have four parts to our mission statement. One is to provide disabled owners with professional training and support in all aspects of training their service dog to provide and sustain professionally trained service dogs and companion dogs to provide. We're not there yet. We're, we're, we're just about 
ready to help with the training. Um, to provide support, information, and guidance to the service dog community, check. And to provide education to the public, to businesses, and to the disabled community as to the rights of the disabled person while using a service dog and the benefit of service dogs. So those, like, we're doing half of our mission statement already through Instagram, through Facebook, through this when we talk about things. Um, you know, we have a lot that we do. Um, Shira says the government needs to come up with a tag for the dog like they do for your car. I agree, but it's not going to be happening anytime soon. Um, one of our friends is at a ADA conference now. And then um, that's what that was the report back that we got is there's nothing going to be done anytime soon. Um, and instead of asking for new laws, you know, enforcing what's on the books would probably be better for for us. Because comes, you know, we were talking earlier with the pause, you know, like restricting training tools that you can use with your dog. And, you know, like I want an e-collar for my dog. Why? Well, in case they are off leash for whatever. I want to have that invisible leash on my dog. Uh, you know, retractables, we're going to start looking for things. If you guys know of a small retractable that is like palm size, I would love that retractable leash. Um, because I want to be able to hook something onto the side of the wheelchair. Think about this, Deb. How nice would this be? Um, and then you could clip it onto that. And they can go up and they could push the, the elevator button. And they're not, you don't have to get up as close as you can so your dog can go and do it. But your dog's still on leash. You know, for the dog whenever they're fully trained. So then it's it's there, but it's not a... And then sometimes when you're going through, like, the narrow doorways. Uh, we were at SeaWorld and going to see the, I want to see the penguins. It was a very, very narrow doorway, but it was uh, like an S door. So Arrow, um, no, I had Candy. Candy had to go to Luke so we could get through it. Well, what if I didn't have Luke and I just had an electric chair? Like having that where she can walk behind me then would really come in handy. So there's some stuff. And then um, Arabos' owner, uh, Kristen here, we are talking about some modifications, some um, leash stuff that she's going to be able to, to do up for us, our peeps. So I'm super stoked about that. Prong collar modifications, um, e-collar or not e-collar, um, the leashes that I like, the European wraparound hands-free leashes, um, long leads, you know, so we have everything. I mean, we know that it's done well and yay to support small businesses. Um, but yeah, yeah, we wanted to, um, to, to discuss all of this because I think it's huge. Our guidelines are, because there's no guidelines. The guideline is task trained and mitigated owner's disability. Um, IAADP, which I recommend everybody do, um, International Association of Assistance Dog Partners. It's not that expensive, and you do get some awesome bennies with it. Um, I recommend everybody look into it, IAADP.org. Um, once your dog's fully trained, they have their guidelines, which includes six months and 120 hours. So I've used that quite a bit. And... Um, I want more though. So we're going to make ours more because I can make up my own guidelines because there are no guidelines as long as we don't go against the ADA. So one of the things that the ADA says is you can have a dog in a pouch. And if you give me a second, I can find where the ADA says you can have a dog in a pouch. ADA service dog frequently asked questions as I Google search it right here and then finding where it's not a scam. Oh my God, guys. FederalServiceDogRegistration.org, free registration for service dogs. USServiceAnimals.org, registration in three easy steps. Service dog letters, number one, online ESA dog letters. How to make service dog or support dog at assistance dog registry. That's the problem. Service animal, registration is fast and free through the ServiceDogRegistry.org. Like this is part of the problem is what did I do a search for? 
ADA service dog FAQ. Uh, let's see here. So, so there, it's here somewhere. I'm trying to find it because I had found it a long time ago. A long time ago, meaning like August or June, July. And it basically says that the dog can be in a pouch um, if, if need be, you know, and can alert to, it said blood sugar stuff, you know, being in the pouch. And that would be fine. Here, it does say a person uses a wheelchair may use a long retractable leash to allow the service animal to pick up or retrieve items. She may not allow the dog to if it's retrieving an item a distance from her. Right? Like it happens there, but they have to be under control of the handlers at all times. And I think the e-caller will do that quite nicely. Um, here, our store is required to allow service animals to be placed in a shopping cart. Generally, the dog must stay on the floor or the person must carry the dog. For example, if a person with diabetes has a glucose alert dog, he may carry the dog in a chest pack. So be close to his face and allow the dog to smell his breath to alert him to changing glucose levels. Makes sense. Like I just read it right from the ADA. Um, an organization who is working on service dog certification that they, they're like, no, it has to be four on the floor. You can't go against ADA, right? Like, no, like that's what you listen to is ADA. No, we don't agree with that. Well, I don't care if you don't agree with it. That's the law that it says that they can do that. It says they can be on a retractable leash. So I can't say, well, they cannot be on a retractable leash because it says in the ADA they can be. I can say, I don't like to use the retractable leash and he still must be under control. And that's both perfectly true. Um, but um, Claire, it's I-A-A-D-P, not D-T. P is in pony. Um, Cheryl says, oh, hold on. Shira says, I train Aiden to walk behind me when there's a squeeze. I'm still using the rich, the lead rich made me. That's awesome. Um, I, we used to make leashes. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, we'd get leather and we make them, especially for our clients. And we had a few things that we do. So instead of the big handle, we just have a thumb handle. Um, and then we put a ring on it so you can attach poo bags or you to another leash or clip it around each other and everyone was always like why is there a ring on my leash so then we'd have to explain it all and I'm like you know what that I'm not adding it and then it cuts down on the questions um, but Cheryl says she just had her surgeon tell her she could not bring Marvel into the office without an ID I told her my cardiologist and neurologist okayed me for a service dog I showed her the ADA then I showed her my letter and she took a copy of the letter and put it in my file yeah so I haven't brought any of the service dogs to the new doctor yet um the POTS doctor uh, but my doctor here knows she's met Gypsy a couple times. Um, and that's usually what I do is I'm like, yep, it's me. Here's my service dog too. Uh, and Loki goes to Mayo Clinic with me. And even I fell flat on my face, flat on my face. And luckily I did it in front of Mayo. Um, and so they took me in and they were apologizing for not having treats for the dog. I'm like, no, he doesn't need treats. But they were very, they're, I know they're unusual and different because they're like, well, you know, he doesn't have to wear a vest. I'm like, I know that that's to keep the morons as I call them away from my dog. I know he doesn't need to wear one. Um, but you know, I think even, even doctor's offices need to be educated. And even at Mayo Clinic, doctor came by and reached down to pet him, you know, as we were walking by. And so, but yeah, you should not be prevented from going anywhere. Really. I mean, even in, he, he went into x-ray with me and they were very careful to make sure that he was protected and that it took him behind the screen. But, I mean, unless you're going into surgery, there's no reason yeah. not to take yeah. your dog with you. 
Oh, definitely. Well, especially when you have a dog like a poodle who there's not going to be any shedding. Like I'll take, when I go into the dentist, I don't take my golden into the dentist office, into the room with me because all I need is a fur to get in there if they're filling a cavity. Like that's gross. I don't want that. And part of that stems from, I had a root in Kentucky and I just had a filling placed on it and they left gauze and the gauze rotted 10 years, some, right? Um, more than that, 15 years, but the gauze had rotted. And so they had to do a, um, a crown or, or remove the whole tooth because the whole tooth just shattered. And I'm like, Ugh. Um, so I, I'm cautious of that, even though it's not technically, you know, like you can take your dog into the dentist's office. Um, Nicole, I know she's done that. Yeah, she says here, the doctor, the hospital, dentist, and oral surgeon. Um, if I had a poodle, I would totally do that, but I don't want golden fur in my mouth whenever they're cleaning me, even if I just brush her out ahead of time. Now, the Doberman, it's a different story. You know, so part of it has to do with that. Um, Aiden is amazing at the doctor's office. She says Aiden's Gypsy's baby daddy. The doctors get nosy sometimes and ask more questions than they should. Um, but I'm going to answer because Aiden's legit. Yeah. Uh, Claire says she found something that looked real, but they were laws for AU. And how do you know what's real and what is fake? All ID company things, registrations are fake. Every single one of them. There is no legit one. That's why we're going to have a parent. Um, and we, and here's the problem with having our own two guys is there is going to be a liability involved. And this is why I haven't done it yet. So this is one thing I need to look at is see what type of liability we would have to have this. So if dream dog says your dog is a service dog, and this is why I haven't done it in the past. And I always forget about it until now. Um, if I say Loki is a service dog and here's his ID tag, just cause he was just on the screen here looking super cute, like usual. Um, and Loki goes and jumps on somebody and knocks them over and they break a hip. Am I going to be held liable for any of that? You know? So I need to find out insurance wise who, and then maybe you'd want to do this as you reach out to some different um, service dog organizations, find out who they have for insurance and how they get past that. Cause even if we do it through hope and you know, something, we'll figure something out. Um, and until then, that's why I tell people just get an ID. Um, if it makes it easier, sounds it's like it's all good about good relationships with your local doctors, stores, etc. Hi, Loki boy. Oh my God. He's so cute. He's um, entered the chat. Um, Larissa says she loves him. And Kristen says Loki's helping. And Nicole says Rio goes to the dentist. Doc is too big to, to task the DPT there. And Claire says AU was Australia. Figured it was Australia or gold. Um, but yeah, so we need to look at the insurance stuff for that. But, um, but that's really the only thing we need to look at so we can do the certification test day and why we're looking at doing the public access test through IACP is then it's not on me and I don't want it to be on me or dream dogs. So, so we need to do that. Um, and, and see how it goes. But like I said, my goal is to have that, but I need to see, see what's going um, with everything. Loki's a cutie pie. So Shira, Loki might be the next baby daddy or um, whoever we keep from this letter in two years, breed her with the Loki baby and have a Loki Aiden baby. <laughs> like I, I've got plans guys. I got good plans. Um, but yeah, so we have that. Um, one thing I did want to bring up, I haven't brought up yet, is you heard the barking earlier, possibly. Um, and you don't see a Django puppy. Django is crated. Django is seven months old now, and he is in training, and he hates his crate. He has never really loved his crate unless he is right beside me. 
Um, and he has to get better with the crate. So he has been crated for the last four days, including today. Um, Rich is doing long, long leash work with him, like what we do with all the dogs when they start, um, because he doesn't do training with Django. We've had Django for five months, and Rich does very little training with him. It's me. So we're having Autumn and Rich and Luke work with Django a little bit more, even though he is my service dog, even though I'm a professional trainer, I don't want him to only ever listen to me. I want him to listen to Rich or to Luke and to make sure that everything's good. So, and they have skills that I don't have, you know, we all have our strengths and our weaknesses. And this is why every person needs to work with somebody else with their service dog too, especially people who know what they're doing um, is because you need that. You need that extra um, that extra eyes on that extra hands on that extra, like he doesn't done long leash work. And, you know, we did that with, um, Larissa's dog today, whenever he was out, it started him on the long leash work. Um, we do that with every dog who comes in It helps them learn about the leash, you know, how to get out from the leash. Um, and it's, it's good for them to have, um, builds that relationship, teaches them that the leash means something. Um, and even Django is great for me on a leash. You know what Rich says? He goes, have you never worked this dog on a leash before? Like, he's great for me. But again, like, what if I have to give him to rent? Or what if we're at a hotel, and this happened in North Carolina, Karen took candy out for me a few times. You know, when we're in the workshop, um, Casey took candy out for me a few times. And what if the dog never listened to anybody but me? The dog would have been a nut. Yeah, I don't want nut dogs. I want good dogs. So Django is officially in, I mean, he's seven months old too. I could have started it last month. But he is officially in service dog school now. So we'll see how he does. He's doing great. But, um, but yeah, we have that. And um, nail trims. I was going to discuss nail trims a bit. You up for nail trims? What? Nail trims. I know. Do we want to do nail trims? I don't know. It's 644. Uh, you know what? Uh, we will put that off until next week, maybe. Well, following next week, I have a very, very special guest, and it is Lauren. And, and Lauren was up at North Carolina, and she knows about dog food. So we're going to get her on to talk about how to supercharge your kibble, how to have the right diet for your dog. So I'm super stoked about that. Um. So, yeah, I asked her if she wanted to come on tonight or next week. And so we have her scheduled for next week. Um, Deb and I are working on doing an infographic for nail trims because people don't do them right. And um, it's nice to have very short nails on your dog. It makes them gait better. And we actually had a dog at in North Carolina who was uh, back end, you know, point of balance was towards the butt. And once we trimmed the nails, she was you know, point of balance was in the center just from a nail trim. Like you could see so much change just from a good nail trim. And here's the fun thing is most groomers and vets don't do the right nail trim. Show people do, but some show groomers don't. So even if you're like, well, my groomer is a show groomer. Some of them don't. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we have pictures and videos and, uh, and what we're going to do for our clients is come up with a, a sheet that they can put into their training binder. And then whenever they go in, they can say, do my nails like this for my dog, not do my nails because I don't want them like that. Um, but yeah, yeah. So we're going to do that. Um, she said, Claire says her dog works great for her, but not so much for her hobby and yay for how to on nail trims. Uh, I even got the new Dremel, the Dremel Micro, which has a light on it, which makes things a heck of a lot easier um, and $150 diamond tip um, for it. 
And Rich is like, it was now how much? And but you know, it'll it should be the last one we ever have to buy. And I did notice it did not get hot, which um, you know, my normal the emery board things that come with it always get hot. So this one did not get hot. So yay. And Cheryl, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that too, about nail trims because you're a show person and um and you've done show stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's usually what they'll do is they'll cut off the hook and then kind of round it. Um, and what the show people do is they'll cut it at a 90 degree and then they'll tip it back 45 degrees. Um, so it gets way shorter. Love that one. Claire says, but she doesn't have the diamond tip. Oh, that's a game changer. And it's, it's like beveled. So it's really nice, but yeah, we'll, we'll do some stuff with that. I still have to do bruised nails. So we'll look at his, I'll look at candies cause she's due for a touch up too. But thank you for joining us, Deb. So people can reach you through that Hope Service Dog Instagram link, which is, let me pull it up again. Um, Instagram, hope.service.dogs with an S. Hope Service Dogs with an S um, with the dots in between. Follow Hope Service Dogs on Instagram. If you message them, you'll message Deb. So you can send her, um, you can share with her stuff um, because we're always looking for good things to share. You just put something out. The Deb at Hope, remember we set up the... Yes. So you want to share what that one is? Yeah. Just Deb at Hope Service Dogs. Dot org? Dot org. Yes. Dot org. You can email her that way. Um, She put out about when it's too hot or too cold for your dog. Uh, You know, she puts off different things. So it's not just, you know, like our dogs. She shares, it's about education, education. Yeah. And if your dogs are doing great things, or even if it's, you know, just task, you know, what task you're doing on. And if you want to chime in the conversation, would love to have more people, you know, join the conversation. Yes. And one of the things we need to look into is having like a ring where like we all comment on each other's stuff because that's supposed to help with rankings. I don't know if it's still true. If anyone knows Insta, I know that was the thing like last year. So I'm trying to make, I try to follow. So, you know, I'll try to follow you back. Um, So if you ping me, I'll follow back. And then um, I always try to, I made a list of all the hashtags that most people are using. And so the one I did with the, the the ID card, I have to look at that one again, because that was like, wow, it was all new people. And, you know, it was, it was an interesting group. So, um, you know, but yeah, if you got anything, I mean, I'll, I'll take it, learn from it, add hashtags, whatever, whatever we got to do. Holy cow. So I looked to see what hashtags you use for that one. Like I said, it says not required, but do you find it helpful? It's hashtag service dogs, hashtag service dogs in training, hashtag service dog gear, hashtag fake service dogs, hashtag ID card, hashtag disability. So you even commented on that fake service dogs and you still got all that crap. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing I concluded was disability and fake service dogs. Those are, I don't usually use disability. Okay. I don't know. So we'll see. I'll, I'll keep playing around with it. If you guys have ideas, just hit me up. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're nothing if not willing to learn. Absolutely. Um, so someone wanted the Instagram link, Claire wanted the Instagram link one more time, please. So I just shared it. So it'll come up in a couple seconds, but it's hope.service.dogs with an S. Um, so yeah, everyone's signing off because it's dinner time and time for bed night. I'm sure nail trim with the diamond. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I have that on the Dremel now. So thank you for joining us, Deb. I loved having you on here. Finally able to talk to you and hear you and seeing Loki again. So I will catch up with you later. All right. (laughs) And she said bye, but already.
again, learning how to do all this stuff. So yeah, so that's it. So where can you find us? Um, Dream Dogs, which is dreamcanine.com. Um, HopeServiceDogs.org. Uh, online dot is uh, learn, L-E-A-R-N dot dreamcanine.com. That's our online um, online courses, online school, which is pretty cool. Uh, like, rate, share, subscribe on podcasts. Um, alert, like us on Facebook under Dream Dog Central Florida Dog Training. And on uh, Central Florida Dog Training, say alert me whenever they go live. And you'll see stuff like this when it comes up. And how fun will that be? Okay. So I'm going to sign off here. I am hungry. I want to go get something to eat, see what they want to have for something to eat, and uh, feed all the dogs and do the last training and put all the goats away and put all the chickens away. And it never, ever stops, which is fun. So I'll catch you guys next week. <laughs>